footage. Good time of day wherever you are, dear viewer. This is a new episode of the All New 52 podcast. It's it's night where we are, and we have been snowed in, and so we are doing this like a day after we filmed <laughs> Demon Bear. That's how quick we can get through comics. Woo! It'll be it'll be a month later. By the time this co- this comes out, we'll f- completely forget it snowed. Yeah, that's probably. why Caleb's in pajama pants, by the way. For your audio listeners at home, this week, this these past two days, we read Avatar: The Last Airbender, The Promise. Yeah, uh, it picks up the story uh, directly immediately where, where the show le- leaves off, and then in three issues, uh, expanded issues, it tells the story of what kind of happens afterwards, how the um, Earth Kingdom and the Fire Nation kind of, you know, have to go about, oh, they're colonies. Mm-hmm. And there's a promise. There is a titular promise. So jumping right into it, I think we're going to have a little more things to talk about because this is an adaption of a show that we're both decently fond of, I'd say. Yeah, I, I watched it in college, so did you. So did I. Yeah. We, we Yeah, we didn't grow up with the show, no really... No big nostalgia attached to it like a lot of people do. But um, it, I don't think having nostalgia would make me like it any more or any less. It's just a really nostalgia solid is a powerful show. drug. Maybe, but like it's just a really solid show. Yeah. It gets better and better as it goes on. Yeah. Um, and I think the comic does an extremely good job of capturing almost everything about the show from the art, from the character interactions uh, to like the comedy to a certain extent to how they're talking to the character designs of the new characters. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's clear that the, that the uh, team that working behind this book was a big fan. Oh, they are huge fans. And also it seems like they had a little bit of, because this has uh, notes from the writer and art team. So it feels like there's a little bit of pressure from uh from Nickelodeon and Dark Horse to kind of keep this as faithful as possible. Yeah, there's a lot of notes on where the writers like fanboyism are coming through. Like there's a moment where all the freedom fighters in the Earth Kingdom show up and there's a little note off the side. We originally had Jet here because I thought it was ambiguous enough, but apparently he's dead. <laughs> dead means dead. Dead means dead. Said. Which I hate Jet, so I'm more than okay with that. Amen, brother. Woo! Jet, Jet hate train. Jet hate train. Jet, that's hard to say. Um, so this picks up uh, right afterwards, and the uh, Zuko and the Earth King decide, hey, you know what? We're going to do a harmony, harmony restoration movement where we slowly, she's going at the other flag now, slowly, um, we're going to move these colonists, these Fire Nation colonists, out of their colonies that they set up. And we're going to give the Earth Kingdom back to the Earth Kingdom. Everyone's cool. They go out to watch fireworks. And Zuko, always one to read the room, drops the bomb that, hey, Aang, you should kill me if I ever turn evil. <laughs> End me. End me. End me. Yes, we this can't is a say, children's comic they book. Do say, they do say kill once in this. Mm-hmm. They refer to other people. They say, like, those people are going to get killed. But every other time, they very awkwardly say in. <laughs> and so that is the titular promise. And almost immediately, uh, Aang, uh, well, Rizuko, there's some... Uh, there's tension. Tension, uh, that's uh, the word I'm looking there's for. There's a year-long time skip, and it turns out that some of the colonists don't want to leave. Some have, like, started, uh, you know 
Earth Kingdom families. Some with have the been there for there. generations. Yeah, it's more complicated than the characters have thought. And Zuko, being the lovable idiot that he is. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to my crazy dad. <laughs> he Well, and he just, he doesn't know what to do. And um, so, and Aang is looking at this and being like, oh, everyone's being extremely unreasonable. <laughs> and do I have to kill one of my friends? Um, and Katara's, you know, she's kind of going back and forth on this stuff. And then Toph and Sokka are off doing their own thing. Um, but it almost comes to war. And then eventually uh, they're able to just talk everything out. And Aang, surprise, surprise, doesn't kill Zuko. Weird. <laughs> Who would have thought? Is that a decent plot synopsis? I think so. It's it's a solid like a five to seven episode arc almost yeah, that it like would be in the show. Season. Yeah, you got the main plot that they keep coming back to along with the dumb side quests that always happen in these kind of uh, children's TV shows. Each issue could probably be split up into like two episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very, they're stuff, long issues. Yeah, yeah. They are extra length. Uh, what, what were some of the positives that you... Um, so part of it's what we touched on. This does just feel like an extension. It feels like in some places these could be storyboards for new episodes, which I really like. They get the character voices down right when I start reading these characters. The uh, the voice actors heads come right into my head, which is super fun. Um, I do like uh, I do like the overall story. I think they tackle um, a very complicated issue, two complicated issues, one with should Aang fulfill his promise and then should Zuko fulfill his promise to uh, move out the earth or the uh, fire colonists really well. It doesn't, um, it doesn't ever take a right or wrong approach to it. Um, The characters do eventually make decisions, but they acknowledge that there are complications along the way. Um, And I think that's the best part of the show is how mature it treats its characters. Yeah. Very, it's very much an extremely mature issue with like, uh, just being a huge metaphor like for mixed race and uh colonialism almost that like it does a very good job of just treating it with the respect and maturity that it deserves and also presenting it in a way where like children can yeah, understand it's, what's it's going entertaining on entertaining and consumable mm-hmm. all at the same time and they have an editor's note where toff's issue is basically toff has started a school uh in the building that a fire nation a school used to be in the fire trainer comes back and he's like we want the school back because you know it's mine (laughs) yeah basically and um so they have this duel and it's fun and all but basically the uh, how the writer describes it in their notes is that this is the part of the story where we're like yes call like colonialism is bad Mm -hmm. um and like so that part's just a lot of fun it feels very much like a karate kid-esque tangent It, it is fun but I think placing it directly in the middle without and it becomes just it's that is the issue. They they don't jump back and forth between these things where it just takes away too much from it. Almost not even almost. It just does. Like I, I don't I don't really care about this dumb little side quest with all these new characters. I like the new characters. I like them. I didn't. I didn't. The first time I read compared this, to the other ones, though, the first time I read this, I didn't like that because Toph popular opinion is my least favorite of the main five um i liked her more as a concept before i watched the show <laughs> but sock is there and Sokka is my favorite so okay. it kind of all balances out and this time around i appreciated what it brought to the story more mm. what about you well you know just overall broad it gets a lot of stuff right um everybody's acting extremely in character 
Uh, and you get a lot of just not even cameos, just character interactions and characters coming into the picture where they naturally feel like they should. Um, I like Smellerby, like Smellerby and all the freedom fighters. Uh, and also, I just love the editor's notes. They're some of the funniest and just plain editor's notes I've ever seen. Where, you know, where some are giving cool insight to what's going on, then others are just like, "Yeah, we drew this originally, and then we got told to change it, so we changed it." They're very, very, like very, very often too. Well, and like some of them are just like, "We really like drawing this scene." <laughs> I got to draw rain for the first time. I think the I think the artist team's notes are the best. They're the most fun. The the writers' notes are the ones that kind of div- like dive into like, well, in this issue, this episode called the swamp, we did this and blah blah blah. So we did a callback. Oh, and here. it's yeah, and it's just constant callbacks to episodes. Um, like they just love the show. Yeah, and pays off. Pays and I think, and I story. also think having the direction of the two uh, writers of the show just helps us immensely. Like it, I almost wish that this was like a spinoff animated just i'm fine with it being a comic and i because i think the show ended at the perfect time like where it doesn't get too needlessly complicated it doesn't go on and just get bad because i don't think this is as strong as some of the stuff in the show but it's fun as a continuation Mm -hmm. um well and it's this team's they're just picking up on it mm -hmm. so i can i can imagine in the search or whatever that is the search yeah yeah that they get stronger, like how the show got better. As got better and better went. as it goes on. Um, it's almost like these two people, should, Brian and Michael, should be comment or should be consulting on all Avatar: The Last Airbender projects. I wonder if that will be the case moving forward. Netflix. <sighs> Sorry, I had to get that dig in there. Which, which I think is a good segue into what do you think are some of the weaker elements? Oh, is that it for you and your positives? There's, it's just one of those things where there's nothing that's really sticking out because mm-hmm. it's overall just so good. Yeah. It, it captures everything. Yeah, it works just as a whole. Um, so there are a couple things, but most of them are pretty small. I think the pacing's off in the first issue. The year-long jump really, uh, I don't think, is handled that well, and it feels very abrupt. It's something I think you need, though, because otherwise it feels like it's moving too fast. Like if war immediately happened after well, those three yeah. days, you, you you get the year of like, OK, tension has been built. I Yeah, I agree that there should be a year long jump. I think that they should ease into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe have maybe move the. Maybe move the scene with. Um, Aang making his promise before them talking to the Earth King. I'm not sure. It's just that's such a big conversation they have. And then year long jump. Um. But other than that, uh, there is this one part where you see, um, so Zuko goes to this one earth kingdom city and this is what kind of changes his mind to pull back on the, you uh, bow, is it called? Yeah. You Dao, I think something like that. Um, but to pull back from the, uh, harmony restoration movement, but you don't really see what he sees all the time. Mm Mm-mm. Um, and there is this part where he, Katara, and Anger walking through it, and you see some of the economic disparity between the um, between the Fire Nation citizens and the Earth Kingdom citizens. And I wish we could have explored that more. There feels like there are just some elements that are left on the table, like how just how the Fire Nation, the the new colonies seem like, oh, the people were fine, 
like they they kind of present it that way but then what you're seeing is like ah, it's actually not yeah. all that fine yeah yeah maybe it's maybe i'm just asking too much from the comic but i feel like it's good enough that i can look over it yeah and then i feel like um yeah i just feel like some of the characters act kind of near the end i think especially the earth king is kind of like intentionally written very stupid more stupid than he is in the show i think a lot of the characters are written uh, written written kind of brash which makes sense for some of them zuko it makes sense yeah he's a brash character ang is super brash in yeah. this though ang is constantly jumping to extremes which is not something he really did in the show unless he was like kept getting pressured well or if it was something very personal mm -hmm. which we see like him with the what would become the air acolytes we see that storyline and that's like that makes sense because that's something very personal to him yeah it's but, his entire culture yeah but leading up to it and i understand that the personal element is he doesn't want to kill zuko but like even if zuko wanted to pull out of this then that i don't think that's worth like him even considering fulfilling his promise ang enters avatar state like three times like all for very dumb reasons except yeah. at the end at the end it makes a little more sense but like what's the first time he enters it for it's 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 the weirdest reason yeah, he just gets really go, angry all they, of a sudden they go into they go into Udal and they get in, like a little bit of a skirmish with some of the um some of the uh fire nation soldiers and then oh, Zuko yeah. shows up and he goes into the avatar state and i'm like calm down Ang. which to be fair like right after that Katara's like calm down Ang. Mm -hmm. but i don't know it, it does feel like maybe he's a little bit less mature than he is at the end of the show yeah there's a lot of a lot of character growth that happened in the show that seems like not that they got reverted back to their base states they just they kind of went they took elements from their just base design like ang is very productive of what he cares about and will like not think rationally about it without realizing oh he's had a lot of time to get like just become a better thinker i think he makes an extremely brash decision at the end of this and I wasn't going to bring it up because I was kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll read the search. I'll see where it goes. But him cutting himself off from, from the avatars. Well, specifically Roku. Avatar, Roku. I'm just like, Ang, I feel like that's a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like you guys can get over this disagreement, especially since you don't have to talk to Roku unless you want to. Yeah. It's not something like they show at this point, he has to go and do it. It's not the flashbacks just don't happen to him anymore like he is he gets in a state of mind to do it and he's like i disagree with what you said roku and i know you're, you're not going to forgive me so bye <laughs> he eats roku out of his life um yeah and I, I just wonder like is he gonna go to every other avatar and like start talking to them and then eventually <laughs> they have a they have a disagreement and he's like okay come you out see you kiyoshi i believe i believe in boundaries ang but you're taking it a little too far um zuko almost has this uh problem too where yeah he's this is kind of his whole character he has grown from this at this point and i and i can he is in a very huge position of power and he does not know what to do I, and he's at the same time trying to be very different from his father and then he goes ask his father for advice um and like is following his advice that's that <laughs> bugs me i think he's holding back on his he's thinking about his father's advice but he's holding back on it he's isn't fully committing to the moral relativism of 
um, of Ozai. I, what I like about Zuko's arc, and this was something I didn't like first time around, because Iroh's my favorite character. I like that he cuts himself off from Iroh, because I think that it shows that he's growing as a person, so he's growing away from his mentor. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he should completely cut off Iroh like he does here, or completely cut off May. Um, but I feel like that gives us more um, thoughtful character conflict than Aang just like being an emotional pendulum the whole time. Yeah, it it makes sense because he's undecisive and he doesn't have the mentor. So he goes to someone he's like, ah, I mean, they were doing it for a while. But he knows he knows what like he saw what his father's reign led to. You have a lot of the colonists defending uh, Ozai, which some of them are Fire Nation, so I get it. But well, and that's that's kind of getting back to one of my things where it's like as as mature as this handles some things, I do think there are one or two things within Dao that could have been explored more. Mm-hmm. This is a smaller thing. Didn't really like bother me in terms of the plot or anything. It just I didn't like it. I hate Sweetie. I hate Sweetie. It is a uh, well, and guitar is affectionate term for each other. If you read and the- it is all they refer to each other as you, they don't call each other by name anymore if you read the uh the writer's commentary no, i did they worked very hard on finding a pet name and sweetie is used twice in the um in their past yeah i don't care i mean it's not it doesn't like it doesn't bother me they're they're kids like yeah they'd use a dumb pet name it just i didn't like it <laughs> i like katara a lot in this i feel like she gets the least to do um but both how she reacts to the Avatar fan club and then her at the end kind of like setting things straight as is her role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed both like both of her moments. I yeah, I think she gets treated pretty well here because it's very easy for Katara to become the, like the naggy girl where she just doesn't let anybody do anything because she kind of she goes to that a couple times in the show, especially in the first season where she's not like on even fighting grounds. But here she holds her own really well, and she does a lot of really cool uh, ice bending and water bending. Yeah, and I think I think the thing there is that in the first season, she is that's her character mm-hmm. is to like give up some control and just like learn how to be a better leader in general. Yeah. Um, and so she sticks to that in this, and I think that's why she doesn't come off as annoying. I feel like people are more forgiving of Aang and uh, Sokka's faults than they are of Katara's a lot of the time in the first season. And that's complete. That has nothing to do with this. I it's just a random avatar thought I had, where people are more forgiving of Sokka and Aang's faults than hers, probably because she's the female character. I, the I think also one. she's the responsible one, and she's the one that's like stopping the fun from happening a yeah. lot of the time. Uh, some of the art, I think the art is overall great, um, but it loses something that the motion has, where, um there's the actions will happen and you don't see the corresponding art to go with it when they're uh the first one that stuck out to me and it happens a couple more times but this is the one that really stuck out to me when they're uh drawing the intro and they have like all the panels from it and it's 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 the intro of the show straight up um it's the moment where ang's rolling around on his little ball and shows him having fun on the ball and then in the background you see like a little impact sign that says oof there's a lot of filling in the blank in terms of like action do you think that, that I feel like the art wants from you. Do you think that's just because you've seen that scene 
you know, animated out however many times. 60, yeah, 61 yeah. times or however many times. No, if it happened once, it wouldn't have bugged me so much. But it, it, it kept happening a couple mm. more times where there's just there's things happening in the background of a battle scene where I get what they're trying to convey. But like, I think I needed it, too. I don't know. That's fair. So uh, this does leave off with um, it actually doesn't resolve the main conflict that much uh, mm-hmm. other than that. The characters resolve to the, to then resolve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the titular promise is not kept, which is um, a decision in itself. <laughs> not killing Zuko. Such <laughs> <Not> a dumb <laughs> ending. Zuko. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but this does then set up what comes next. Um, how did which is the search for Zuko's mother? which is what I thought this was going to be about first time I read it. Um, do you think that this uh, would carry your interest further enough to go and then read that? Yeah, because that's a big question from the show that I think is large enough to be like, and this is real written enough to want me to read more. There's a lot of these comics. I was doing research just because, like, you know, it's what I do. Um there's a lot of these collections and I just don't I'm I'm kind of scared that the overall quality will just diminish due to quantity. Well, and I wonder if there's a certain point because I haven't seen I haven't seen Korra. You it's 100 years later. Yeah. So. OK. I was kind of wondering. It's the next Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if there's a point where it transitions between being more about following up Avatar and then starts to turn into Korra. setting up to Korra, which is where I think I would lose interest just not having watched Korra yet. There's just so much advancement that has to happen to get to Korra that I don't think they could possibly do it. Yeah. They and are also, thinking I'd... about that here, though, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah, because they're because uh, the Fire Nation and the Earth uh, Kingdom are like Combined, kind of merging cultures. And then, and then you see the origin of the Air Acolytes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of setup, and I think it's just overall a really good comic just a good follow-up yeah that keeps everything right yeah a perfect if like if you finished season three and you're like i wish i had some more avatar go and pick this up so what do you have in store for me well let me go out let me go into the living room and get it please here's here's next week's comic. this is not a pizza platter no 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 i thought this was more thematically appropriate is this themed for what this episode will no no this come is not for? no this is not April Fool's theme okay this was my original plan Ragman he kind of jolted me you get it sorry in a rag. that's pretty good my only interaction with Ragman is he was in season five of Arrow for like six episodes and I really liked him and he's an injustice year three for he is in just year three before he gets burned um yeah ragman's a character you know justice league dark character who kind of bounces around the sides so i see him pop up in things but i bought this uh i don't know a year or two ago and i haven't gotten around to it so i'm very good reason to get around to it yeah yeah so thank you for joining us on this week's episode if you have any if you have any recommendations, please feel free to email them to us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com. Or if you just have feedback, want to tell us how much you enjoy the show or hate the show. Especially hate. Especially hate. Please tell us about it. Um, if you want to uh, rate and review us and then, uh, you know, follow us on all the platforms. If you don't have a platform, download that platform. Follow us on there. 
and listen to the our podcast on each of those platforms. Um, if you don't do this, then you're not a real fan of the show. Uh, it's we're about you know we're several months in at this point. I think we can start gatekeeping, Joe. <laughs> You're never going to have me do a call to action again. So for the mummy business that you're wanting, join us next episode. Howdy. No, bye.